For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. What a journey we have been on in the book of Matthew, and we're starting to come to that ending time here. We started with the birth of Christ at Christmas, and now we're going to end at the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ, which is very exciting with Easter. But we're, we're at that point where Jesus has now been arrested. And uh, Judas has betrayed him. He's, uh, he's gone to the garden and, uh, and with a group of people to arrest Jesus. And he now stands before Caiaphas. And he's on trial. And then from there, we have Peter denying Jesus and, uh, and everything else that goes along with that. So today we're going to concentrate on this trial, this really the trial that should never have been but is, and what's taking place here. And it's almost now we have this battle with uh, Jesus and Caiaphas, the high priest and the Messiah. And Caiaphas is, uh, and, and, and the leading Leading religious leaders have had enough. They've come and they've, they've devised a plan to be able to arrest Jesus. Now they're coming to a place of wanting to find a conviction to see his death. And we'll, let's read a little bit of what it has to say in here about it. And so it's starting in verse 57. Then the people who had arrested Jesus led him to the home of Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the religious law and the elders had gathered. So they premeditated, they're, 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 this is, they're, they're sure of what they're, they're going to do. Meanwhile, Peter followed from a distance and came to the high priest's courtyard. He went in and sat with the guards and waited to see how it would all end. Inside the leading priests and the entire high council were trying to find witnesses who would lie about Jesus so they could put him to death. So you can see the deception that's going on here. You can see that, that, that they're so fed up with this. They haven't been able to find anything to stick on Jesus. Now they're looking to find somebody who will lie. But even though they found many who agreed to give false witnesses, they could not use anyone's testimony. Finally, two men came forward who declared, this man said he was able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. So now maybe they're coming to something that they can find will stick with with Jesus, uh, that they're going to be able to find conviction. So what takes place here next? Then the high priest stood up and he said to Jesus, Well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus remained silent. Uh, Okay, so let's take it from here and just talk a little bit uh, about what's going on. Um, Jesus remained silent. He could have. He could have said something because this was misinformation. This was not what he had said. He was talking about destroying the temple and it being rebuilt in three days. He was talking about himself. He wasn't talking about uh, the temple uh, that, that, that uh, there in Jerusalem. Um, and so he could have spoke up and he could have made a defense, but he didn't. He kept silent. It, and, and there's this misinformation that's there. There's deception. There's lying. There's, there, there, there is... What is happening here is totally wrong, and yet Jesus keeps silence. Uh, 
silent. And and what what really though is played out is is that Caiaphas is wanting to keep and preserve what has always been. And and none of the religious leaders want to look at the truth. They just want to preserve what they have. And and you can see in some ways that it would be a threat to them. Everything they've known, everything they believe is now coming, is, is possibly collapsing or somebody is saying something different. And it's interesting because the temple is a very place where the presence of God was. The temple is a very place that you would go to meet with God. The temple is a very place you would go to have your sins forgiven. The temple is a place you would go to see that there would be um, healing that would take place. But Jesus, representing the temple, is the temple. But he, it was no longer where you had to go to find it. He was it. It was coming to them. Jesus was coming to them. Jesus had come to them. Jesus had come and he declared, your sins are forgiven. Jesus had come and he had healed. Jesus had come and, 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 and brought that shalom that was at the temple. <clears throat> so everything that the temple represented it was Jesus who was showing that he was, he is, and was always going to be. So you can see the fight. You can see that, that, that why we hear that the temple is brought up because the very essence of what they were trying to preserve, preserve was the very essence of who Jesus was. <clears throat> and he remained silent. Then Caiaphas does this. Let's look at the next portion. <clears throat> And he says, then the high priest said to him, I demand in the name of the living God, you tell if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus replied, you have said it. And in the future, you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand, coming down in the cloud, coming down, coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes to show the horror and said, Blasphemy, why do you need other witnesses? You have all heard this, his blasphemy. What is your verdict? Guilty, they shouted. He deserves to die. And then they began to spit on him and hit him and, um, and, and, and tried to mock him. Caiaphas evokes this, this oath. He demands that he, he speaks the truth, and Jesus breaks his silence, and he says, it is, it is as you have said. He didn't come out, and he is saying that he was the Messiah. Um, why was that? Maybe with humility, maybe not wanting to be arrogant and saying yes. Uh, instead, of, he says, you have said it. But then he goes, and he, he quotes from Daniel chapter 7. And it was understood that Daniel chapter 7 in that time was talking about the Messiah. And that's why the reaction was. He, Jesus did declare, I am the Messiah. Daniel 7 has said it. You will see exactly what Daniel 7 says you will see happen. And they tear their clothes and they call out, blasphemy. Well, this is a sad state. Jesus is being convicted falsely because he truly is Messiah. He has made himself known. You know, there was two languages being spoken here. There was the language of, of the high priests, Caiaphas, the, the religious leaders, and there was the language of Jesus. And they were not coming together. They were not speaking the same language at all. And from there, 
a false conviction is made, and now Jesus is going to be sent off to his death. So what can we learn from this? Where can we go from this? You know, first of all, I want to recognize, as we talked about uh, the Garden of Gethsemane and, and we talked about the disciples and what they were faced with, this was a dark time. It was a very dark time, a very difficult time. And we all will find ourselves in those times. If we haven't, we will. And if we have, we probably will again, because that is life. But here is one thing that I recognize when I read this story, I read this account, is that God is in control. As Jesus said in other parts of the gospel, you, you, what are you talking about? You don't have the power. You're not convicting me here. Um, this is happening because this is the will of the Father. If I wanted to, I could call out and I could save myself. You know, God is in control, even in those dark times, even in those difficult times. God is in control, and we need, need not forget that. I think, secondly, is that Jesus teaches us that, that there are times that we speak up, and there are times that we stay silent. Think about how much misinformation is there, and haven't you found yourself in that place before with people that, are, that have misinformation, and you think you should speak up, but you think, what use is it? We're talking different languages here. We're, we're coming at it differently, and, and, and it doesn't matter what I say, it's not going to change things. And Jesus kept silent because that was the will of the Father. We need to, at times, keep silent, but we need to do so because God is directing us to. He knows what is best, and we need to come, from him, come to Him. At the same time, there are times that we break silence because, well, that is what God wants us to do. To keep silent or, not, or to speak up really comes to the place that we trust the Lord. We trust Him for what He is doing and what He wants us to say. I'm not smart enough to figure this out. I'm only smart enough to know that I have a God who will direct me, and He does direct me, and I can trust Him in that. And last is this, is that when we do speak up, we must be prepared that it may not turn out well. Jesus spoke up. It didn't turn out well for Him, but He must speak up because He must speak the truth. He must declare that He was the Messiah regardless of the outcome. That's what he must do. And there are times that we will speak up and we will do so knowing that the outcome may not be good. It may result in some things happening to us that are not good. But I trust the Lord because he is in control. Lord Jesus, this is the account of the beginning of the end of the beginning. And in this, we see that there is no truth being told here other than what Jesus speaks, that he is the Messiah. Lord, in our own hearts and our own lives, we go through deep and dark times. And may we trust that you are in control. Give us the wisdom to know when to speak and when not to. And then the courage to speak, knowing that if we speak, something bad may happen. Lord, that we will be walking with you and for you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you today.